systems are offline. You're listening to Skysoft's Podcast Network. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hello and welcome to Skywire's The Films That Changed Our Lives. This podcast is all about highlighting films that have made an impact on our lives and that have inspired us both in front of and behind the camera. Each episode, either myself or my co-host Monroe Hayden will focus on one film that has impacted us and discuss its significance. I'm Daniel Andrade. Let's get started. Today we'll be talking about a movie that is very dear to my heart. This particular character inspired me to go on adventures and even birthed my love for hiking. Although I don't wear animal skins of any kind, I do wear the occasional faux leather jacket when the weather permits it. All because this dude made it cool, but then again a bunch of guys have made that cool too. And girls. Although I never wanted to be a professor, I do have to admit that I did want to be an archaeologist and explore historical landmarks. You may have guessed it, and if you haven't, where the heck have you been? Today we're talking about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The film premiered in 1984, and although it is the second Indiana Jones movie to be made, it runs as a prequel to the first installment, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's also the second film ever to use the THX technology. The plot is described as, after arriving in India, Indiana Jones, played by Harrison Ford, with his sidekick Short Round, who he calls Shorty, played by Jonathan Kikwan, an orphan, an incredibly daring young boy, with Willie Scott, played by Kate Capshaw, a very high-maintenance professional singer, and if Diva was an actual profession, she'd be that too. They're asked by desperate villagers to find a mystical stone and rescue their children from a cult practicing child slavery, black magic, and ritualistic human sacrifice. A lot of people don't know this, but this is the movie that created the MPAA rating PG-13 because it was too dark and violent for PG audiences, but not enough to be rated R. It was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Score and won the Oscar for Best Visual Effects. So how did this movie change my life? Well, I never saw myself as a frou-frou girl, which probably comes to no surprise. And I often enjoyed getting dirty, dusty, bruised, and sweaty. Don't take that the wrong way. Although as an adult, that has changed a little in many ways. Oftentimes as a child, I would play in the backyard Indiana Jones, but I was never him. I was like short round. I was the kid on this awesome adventure. And that's the main thing that I love about this film. The Indiana Jones franchise has inspired so many children to be adventurous, daring, and brave, and to play out in the outdoors. So many other adventure films followed suit, but unlike the rest of them, this film had a kid sidekick. Not a kid that was an innocent bystander, but part of the team. As a young girl, I wanted to be part of that team, and I'm pretty sure there isn't a kid on Earth who probably wouldn't want to do that either. Basically, This film changed my life because it ignited my sense of adventure, and I have since been on many. 
Now, I can go on and on and on about this film because I have done it so many times in the past. <laughs> but, you know, I'll open this up. So, Dan, when was the last time you watched this film before you just watched it with me? Yeah, I think uh, while we were watching it, I was telling you that I've seen the first one multiple, multiple times, like all the way through. But for whatever reason, this one has like kept slipping under the radar for me. So I think the last time that I watched it in full was probably like a good 10 years ago. It's been a while. Like I've seen clips of it because it shows on TV sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a long time since I've seen the full full movie uh after having watched it i'm like man i need to put this <laughs> back in the in the rotation because like i think this movie is relentless but in like the best possible way that like once it goes it just does not stop it's just like non-stop craziness um and thankfully we have someone like willie there to kind of <laughs> lighten things up a bit yeah this is just like a such a fun fun movie like i just really enjoyed watching it um and i'm glad that this was your pick i mean either one of the first three would have been fun and would have been fine uh but there's something about this one that definitely now that i've seen it again i can recognize that it makes it stand out from the other ones so yeah i think that was a great pick on your part thank you yeah i'm glad i get to share that with you because I, I know mm -hmm. i i don't know how many times i've talked about it but i feel like i've talked about it <laughs> all the time. times yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people don't like the Willie character because she's just like, to them, she's a, this obnoxious, annoying girl mm -hmm. who doesn't really do anything. But to me, I feel like she's like a really essential element to this film and making it work because without her, it would be a really dark, violent film. Oh, my gosh. Like we needed yeah. to really, yeah, we needed to laugh. Mm -hmm. and, and not that. Indie wasn't funny, or Short Run wasn't funny, or some of the, you know, fights that they got into wasn't funny, but it was just, you know, to have Willie kind of narrate the things that we were thinking. <laughs> yeah. That was really, that was really fun. Yes. I think she definitely represented, like, the voice of the average person that would, <laughs> if they were yeah. forced to go on a trip with Indie, like, they'd probably be thinking a lot of the same things, like, like, <laughs> like, really? Like, this is what's happening? Or, like what is this that I'm supposed to be eating right now? And just like the, the lightheadedness, the frustration, the, the fear of sticking your hand in a hole that has a bunch of bugs and stuff in it. So uh, yeah. yeah, all that stuff was definitely accurately represented by, by Willie. Yeah, one of my favorite things is it's such a simple line and it probably is not that significant, but it's just when she's walking into the tunnel with all the bugs and she doesn't know it yet and mm -hmm. she can... She and we can hear the crunching, and we already know what's Ugh, in this cave because yeah. we've yeah. been here before, but she doesn't, so this is amusing. Mm -hmm. And she's walking around. She goes, oh, what is this? <laughs> and, you're just like, and you're like, oh, man, she's going she's gonna to learn today. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was both that, like, it was said with both frustration and anger, like, at the same time. <laughs> Because, like, she's already been through so much at this point, And she's like, now she has to go through this, too. Um, so, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, my question uh, is for you. Would sure. you go into that tunnel? I was about to tell you. Um, I think I would rather go into a pit of snakes than a pit of bugs. And I think if I know you as well as I think I do, 
it'd probably be the opposite for you, right? <laughs> yep, you know me really well, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't I do mean, snakes. <laughs> there's something like I guess I grew up with reptiles. I grew up like owning lizards and just like getting used to like the scaliness and stuff. And I was just always interested in those kind of creatures, those reptiles. But just like to this day, I still get like freaked out when I see even a little spider or a big old moth um, just like flying around. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, uh, so, um, and that's just with one, one or two. So if I were forced to be stuck in a room full of them and hear them crawling around and crunching under my feet, yeah, that's just... Uh, just saying it is making me cringy over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hard pass. No, I used to play outdoors all the time. And mm -hmm. I guess in a way, hiking is me playing outdoors. But I used to actually like play, like yeah. ro roll around and stuff. You know, yeah. you bump into a lot of bugs and stuff like that. But I never got used to seeing lizards or something mm -hmm. or anything like that. Any reptiles, I never got got used to that i never liked it yeah i i would rather if there's a snake in the pathway while we're hiking i'd rather go the long way back home than <laughs> than wait for it to pass or like go around it yeah yeah i'm really scared of snakes what was your favorite part if you have one i think my favorite part i was telling you that like i don't remember i didn't remember as much of the beginning as i did of the end um, but watching it again, <laughs> I think it was just so funny. And one of my favorite parts when Willie just like kept bumping into every single possible animal that you could run into in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> so she like turns around and there's something and then she like runs away from that screaming and then runs into another thing and then runs away screaming from that just to run into another thing. And then I think her line is something along the lines of like, there's, there's too many living creatures out here or something like that. So... I think that part was really great. Um, I also really enjoyed uh, the the scene when they were in the carts, the little mine carts. That was a lot of fun and very exciting. And uh, I know it reminded both of us of the ride. So I think it was really cool that they were able to film it in such a way that you almost felt like you were part of that uh, rail cart experience. So that was a lot of fun, too. I really enjoyed that. The line is... This place is completely surrounded by living things. There you go. There you go. That's the lie. That should serve I, as a reflection of how many times I've seen this movie. Mm -hmm. That I wouldn't know mm -hmm. the lie. It's, it's just so funny because it's such like a... It's such an odd line, like out of context. But after you see... Like, what? how else can you say it? Like, I'm just surrounded by things that are breathing and like looking at me and like moving around. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's like a perfect encapsulation of what she went through, what she had just gone through. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Like, I've been camping a lot of times, but nothing has ever popped out like that. Mm -hmm. But I've never been camping in the jungle. So I guess that's that true. is a much different experience. I I don't know if that would actually happen in real life, but it, it makes for a really good, funny scene. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I haven't even been camping in the longest time. Um that one's probably at least like 20 years or maybe even more since I've actually like gone out and gone in a tent. So yeah, camping is definitely not not my thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't mind a good hike every now and then, but staying overnight there is just a whole nother experience. <laughs> Duly noted. Maybe if and, we go uh, glamping, that would be different. But <laughs> but regular gosh. old camping is uh, <laughs> not necessarily my cup of tea. I'm, I'm very much a willy in that situation. <laughs> I need like I need my 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 particulars. 
<laughs> to make it through. Yeah, so that's a little thing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> I I don't mind getting dirty. I don't mind like sleeping on like on the ground and stuff like that, and and not showering for a day. Dan, a little different. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, you have a lot more things to help you sleep at night. I remember <laughs> what I get. I mean, like we've we've like um we've bunked a few times together because we've like gone out of town and for yes. vacation and stuff like yeah. that. And like every time you like unroll your uh, <laughs> your, your yes. suitcase and it's you, all this stuff is to help you sleep and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like man I'm just like I'm pretty simple with that I just like just give me a bed and I'll I'll, I'll do it I'll go to sleep I am so envious of that for sure because yeah it takes me at least like five or six different things to get me to sleep it's like I need my <laughs> sleep mask to make sure I don't see any light I need my headphones to make sure I have distracting <laughs> noises to put me to sleep and quiet my thoughts. I need like uh, my certain bed clothes to help me stay warm and stay comfortable. Um, <laughs> I need my I need my particular pillow because it's fluffed just to the right degree that I need it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm oh I'm super um, type A <laughs> when it comes to my sleep. <laughs> um, but I have been known to like knock out on a particularly comfy couch or on a recliner. But that's that's a whole different story. But. Just like you passed out in the car, like a few. T- I'm usually the one to pass yes. out anywhere. Like, <laughs> yes, that's like just that's just instantaneously. A fact. <laughs> yes, I have that record. Dan you takes too. a little bit longer, but whenever we go out of town or we take these road trips and stuff like that, sometimes you just conk out, and I know like you're super tired. So I, yeah, like, that's how you know. So yeah, yeah. So if you can like fall asleep on a comfy couch or something, it's because you're just exhausted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's the guy who will go glamping. I'm the girl that would uh probably I don't know sleep straight outside. <laughs> I wouldn't want to because I'd be afraid of bears and stuff like that. But I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's interesting. I guess I kind of always knew that you'd be the glamping type, but uh, yeah, I never yeah. actually heard you say it. <laughs> yeah, this, this uh, is confession time. These podcasts ooh. are always our, our turn to confess. So right. <laughs> my confession is that yeah, I'm I'm not a sleeping bag in a tent uh, kind of guy, if, if I had the choice. Are you comfortable with that being on the podcast, or did you want us to take that out? Leave it on there. Okay. Just Let the whole world sure know okay. that I am Willie Daniel Andrade. So this film has a record of being really dark, or I wouldn't say a record, yeah. but it has a reputation of being pretty dark. And yes. I think you were talking about it while we were watching it, or after we were watching it, about how... Um, how this is a much different vibe than Raiders mm-hmm. and uh, Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Thinking back on maybe why this wasn't as much in my rotation, I think it's because like that whole last hour is just so intense and so scary. So I think it maybe was too scary for me. Uh, I know like the first one, there's like literally faces melting. But I think it was just like that one moment and then like we kind of got back to... The other stuff. I guess there was like the stuff with the the boulder and like the, the bodies on the spikes in the first one too. But I think maybe it was because it was more spaced out. But in this second one, like there's just so much uh scary or or unsettling stuff that just keeps happening. But it makes it a much more exciting film. But definitely I think there's a much darker vibe to it. And I'm very thankful that we have characters like Willie and and Shorty to kind of balance it up a little bit, uh, provide a little bit of lighthearted humor 
and like little character building moments there. Because, yeah, without them, it would just be like a creepy cult movie with like uh, lots of um, fire and blood and um, even like hints of like possession and stuff like that. There's a lot of like supernatural freaky elements in this one that altogether make it, I think, probably of the three. And we're not counting the fourth. <laughs> uh, of the three, I think it's definitely the the most disturbing film, I'd say. Oh, yeah. That's why I like it, I think. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. I don't know for sure. That's like, Obviously, like I, I like the idea of having a kid around. But yes. I have a feeling, because I was started early on with my horror-loving taste That's for true. films and stuff like that, <laughs> I, I like the disturbing factor in it. And... I don't know. There's just something about like the darker it is, and and then having good still triumph, and and, yeah, and win true. that that yeah. just kind of makes it even better to me. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people are against having things get too dark. I would I still get a lot of emails and messages about upset parents who are com- who really? complain to me about about how dark Fox is, wow. and how you know we talk about a lot of rape and abuse oh, yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that we don't really show we don't show it at all but you know we, we um it's talked about and they don't they don't like it they don't think you know kids should be watching that and it's you know it's tv 14 if you're letting your eight-year-old watch it without you that's probably a reflection of on you as a parent but yeah, that's yeah. another conversation but you know <laughs> uh-huh. i just feel like if all these characters were able to i wouldn't i don't want to say survive because that kind of like I haven't really I haven't been a victim of that type of brutality where something mm. like was taken away from me like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't I hear it all a lot that a lot of people don't identify with the term survivor. They identify uh, with the term victim but not survivor. Yeah. So I don't wanna like, you know, call something something that I have no idea about. But I just okay. feel like if there's something about overcoming all of that. Mm-hmm that just makes it so powerful and beautiful and just that much more special and that much more inspiring for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I apologize if, uh, if the way I was talking about it is insulting or offensive. That's not my intention at all. Mm-hmm. But this film does not have any of that kind of stuff, but it does have child slavery. Yes. And um, and that's the thing too that I like about this film. I didn't know it at the time when I was watching it because I'm I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. But as you get older, you start to read these articles about children being like, like lots of children, not just one, but like a whole school of children being kidnapped from schools and other countries. Uh, yeah. You know, and yeah. um, right now, if you're listening to this, uh, we're in America. So if you're listening to this and you're somewhere else, the uh, you kind of know what I mean when I say other countries. It's because uh, mm-hmm. if it does happen here in America, our government's doing a really good job at hiding that. Um, yeah. But but we hear it all the time happening in Africa and other places of the world. And it's just something that we don't identify with here as Americans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this film kind of showed that how, you know, there's a whole village. I mean, you and I were even talking about how, yeah. like, damn, that's a lot of kids. You yeah. Know? And all yeah. of them are just kidnapped Mm-hmm. And they were put to to work, you know, to for some greedy man's uh, intentions and mm-hmm. aspirations. Um, I like that this kind of brings that to the forefront, which is something that a lot of Americans tend to not talk about at all. And it's yeah. probably because we don't have that problem here as much as I 
am aware of at least or it's mm-hmm. just something that Americans just don't care about I don't know one of the two yeah yeah I think like you said it's just sometimes the only way that people are going to be exposed to certain things is through media through films through movies maybe even through books or podcasts but like the easiest form of it is through like movies so the fact that this movie which was the second one released even though it was a prequel so people were already on board with indiana jones they wanted to see what he was up to so the fact that they could bring up such an important uh and terrifying issue i think is very just incredible that they were able to do that and bring light to it and hopefully that got people thinking you know maybe not like when we were kids we didn't fully understand the scope of it but now that we're older we can see it and kind of think about it and try to make these connections and hopefully we can find ways that we can help because unfortunately things like these uh things like what we saw in the movie are still happening to this day Mm -hmm. and imagine it like back then when they didn't have cell phones and tracking devices and stuff like that Mm-hmm. That you had to, you had to get, you were lucky if like someone like Indiana Jones like fell out of the freaking sky, like literally. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> to save your, your village and your, and your yeah. children. Mm-hmm. I have a few questions here. Try to keep note of it. If you have any questions, feel free to answer them. All right. You can answer your own questions. Feel free to ask them. I, I um, had a question for you while you're looking through your questions. Uh, because I okay. know that you said uh, that, you know, short round was very important in making this film connect with you. Um, and you know, this movie was made, what, like 20, 30 something years ago, 40 something years ago at this point. Um, so now that you're older and, you know, we live in this different time where we're more aware of things and more, um, you know, informed, like, what do you think of the portrayal of short round of like the way that he spoke, um, the way that he was treated, um, like, do you think it was overall like a very respectful uh, take on on him and his culture and everything like that? Uh, like, what are your general thoughts about the character of Short Round seen through like a, a modern lens? Well, I'm not Chinese, so I don't know how respectful it is to the culture mm-hmm. or even the portrayal of other Chinese actors in the film. Yeah. Because, yeah. like I said, a lot of them were the villains. Yeah. So, I don't know. And uh, Chinese representation isn't the only uh, culture other than Americans, white Americans. Mm-hmm. In this film, there's also Indians mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as as a member of the Asian community, I mm-hmm. as a child, I I really I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of. I thought it was cool to see someone who looked like my family. I, Even though I am half Filipino, I don't look Filipino. And I know it. And I'm reminded all the time. But uh, it was nice to see someone who looked like the rest of my family and a lot of my friends that I went to school with. And it was mm-hmm. like a kid, too. So it was like it was relatable as a, as a child to see another kid. And then even more relatable to... to, to associate the way how he looked with Mm -hmm. the rest of my family you know Mm -hmm. and you don't realize how much that means until something like 2020 happens and you kind of look back and you go damn like there really isn't a lot of representation like that's Mm -hmm. 
You know, like not to say that I never noticed it or no one noticed it because there, even before 2020, you and I would have like, believe me, make these jokes like in the movie theaters, like, oh, yeah. look yep. how nice they were to put like a bit of black person in the movie. You know, we were yeah. always like making these jokes, not realizing that this was actually a form of resentment that yeah. we were just kind of yeah. like, you know, expressing. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and so like now as a 32 year old woman, I, mm-hmm. I can appreciate that there was this positive representation in terms of positive like this guy this boy was not only young but he was also a good guy and he was part of the the good guy team i really liked that you know the asian community was able to have that for something Mm -hmm. as big as indiana jones yeah but what about you uh did you ever have any close ties with indiana or any like uh dreams to be him or anything you know, for me, the thing that usually gets me right away is the music. So, you know, I I had known that song and had known that theme for a long time and would just be like humming it to myself every now and then. And I think we talked about this while watching, but I always wanted a magic whip. <laughs> I was like, man, that whip can do anything. Like, I really wanted to be able to know how to use a whip uh, like he did. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think those are my two, like, main connections to it is... The, the classic theme and wanting to be able to whip it good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, whip it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um that would not be a good asset for me. The whip? I, I'd probably like, yeah, I'd totally slash my face. Oh. <laughs> that sounds uh-huh. so like you because you don't oh. like confrontation. So you like to be as, as far away from the person yes. as possible. <laughs> exactly. So like having a whip just seems so much like you and your character that I think like if if someone were to create a character inspired by you or like some video game character, that would be like your, oh, that'd be yeah. a really good choice of weapon for, yes. for that. A 12 foot whip. So that way I'm nowhere near <laughs> anyone. Whips are fun. I mean, I like Catwoman yes. and I, I really like uh, Ooh, yeah. what, Mich- yeah, I like what Michelle Pfeiffer does with that whip and Batman Returns. So yeah, I think there was a video that surfaced uh, not too long ago that showed that Michelle Pfeiffer like actually really did know how to use that whip, like, like she was able really? to hit her targets and stuff. So, like, props to her. Um, oh man, that's yeah. so hot. Yeah, add extra points <laughs> to Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> so yeah, like you already know that was like one of my crushes, and I remember mm-hmm. we watched Ant Man. Yeah, like she yes. showed up on screen. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. You were definitely caught off guard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. I was like, well, like wait a second. <laughs> Vocalized <laughs> a yes. bit too much there. But yeah, I, I hadn't seen like that Michelle Pfeiffer in, in a while. So like, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. to see her there on the big screen on IMAX. With, just, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That was nice. Perfection. Yeah, I think going back to the question about short round, um, I think it was also cool. And I think you had mentioned this maybe a little bit, but the fact that not only was this kid like a part of the crew, but he was also like an essential part of the crew. He got them out of like that casino thing. He drove them away, even though he's a little kid. Mm-hmm. He um, saved Indy by like burning him. And this was like his hero. So he had to do something super difficult. Um, and that was after he freed himself from these iron chains by just like <laughs> banging on them with an axe or with a ha- hammer. So, you know, this kid was a tough kid and like it's probably safe to say that Indy would have not survived if it hadn't been for him. So uh, the mm-hmm. fact that we had this character who was a, a kid 
be a kid of like Chinese descent and see like a kid who was, you know, an essential part of this movie. I think that was really cool and very exciting. And overall, like having seen it freshly and having seen it again, I think it was handled with, you know, about as much respect as they could back in the 80s. So I I think it was really exciting and really fun and um, definitely something that is a hit or miss. Like when you have kids in movies being a part of the action, it could either be very (laughs) draining or very irritating to watch uh, because maybe they're not doing things correctly or uh, they're being too much of a kid or it can be done really well. Like in this one where he was definitely a kid, you could tell he had his kid like moments. But when he needed to step up and do what needed to do, he was right there, ready to go, ready to roll. So I like that. I think he was a very well-balanced and very fun character. So just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, I completely agree, obviously. Uh, he mm-hmm. wasn't just a, a bystander. He was an actual no. part of the of the crew here. Yes. You know, that was some that's something that a lot of adventure movies just don't have. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of adventure movies that have kids in it, but they're always just these innocent bystanders who they have to be saved or they you know, the adults have to think about, well, what are we gonna do about these kids here? How are we yeah. gonna get them out yeah. of the way? It's just like Jurassic Park, you know, like mm-hmm. we gotta protect these kids, oh, but gosh, these kids yeah. aren't <laughs> an actual part of saving the day. And yes. short round, like you said, if it weren't for him. Indiana Jones would not have survived this and we would not have gotten Raiders and we would not have gotten Mm -hmm. Last Crusade because he'd be Mm -hmm. dead. All right. Well, that's unfortunately all the time we have for today. Thank you again for your time. As a reminder, this podcast is available on Apple, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Just search for Skysoft and you'll find us there. Please make sure to subscribe to us on those platforms so you never miss an episode and rate and review us. And of course, for all things Skysoft, including full episodes, cast, and show info, and other updates, be sure to check out skysoftentertainment.com. Once again, that's skysoftentertainment.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Daniel. And I'm Monroe. Sharing with you the films that changed our lives.